0: Look at the bigger. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant, Luke Bruce. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. and He finishes it for. He carried his fourth. He's had a day out. Grimshaw half the seas, went for home, and
1: nails it. We'll just set it up, looking for the high flyers. And scissors!
0: Yes indeed, Hawthorne enjoyed a magnificent Easter Monday win over the Cats and we're back to bask in it just a little bit longer before turning our attention to round six in this short and sharp edition of the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason and tis I'd love to just revisit the victory for a few minutes at the top of the show because they don't come much sweeter than beating Geelong on the big stage.
1: No, go, go right ahead mate, uh, tell us all about how... Big Mitch Lewis did his hammy, kicking the goal at the end there.
0: Are we honestly buying into Tom Brown's report? Is that it? <laughs> You're not going to go with Cal Toomey over Tom Brown.
1: <laughs> no, no, I love the theatre of it. You know, that that's... Uh, oh, God. There was also criticism from Jordan Lewis for slowing down, you know, being aware of how long was left in the game. And he said, oh, if you did that when I was at Hawthorne, you'd be pilloried or something. And I just thought it was really good awareness of... You know, because he could have gone back, taken the 30 seconds off the clock. But no, he just took a couple of seconds and sort of rubbed their noses in it. I thought it was wonderful.
0: I didn't think there was anything show-ponying about it. I just thought it was common sense. I mean, everyone in M10 at the game was screaming at him to take time off the clock. Because we knew that those were the stakes. That was just the time of the game. And of course, you just want to sap the clock. Uh, But main event, Mitch, mate. He stepped up. He put the exclamation point on what was a magnificent win. I'm going to be sorry not to see him for, well, maybe one or two weeks uh, with hamstring tightness, unfortunately. But, look, if you
1: have to leave a lasting impression, (laughs) that'll fuel me for the next fortnight. Don't worry about that. He's running at some tremendous averages, and he's just commanding respect when he demands the ball. So we're going to miss him. But um, we've got blokes like John Newcomb, our latest rising star nominee to sort of pull us through and if he could do anything... Well, remember last time he played Sydney? He had a record number of tackles for a debutante. Sky's the limit for this kid. We know it now. I thought I thought that might be the case after he, he jumped on that bloke's shoulders in the forward pocket and took a mark. I thought, now, I haven't seen that for a very long time and from a kid who's... I think he was in his ninth game at that point. So... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the phenom from Puong has, has definitely arrived. Uh, he willed the Hawks over the line this game. A career-high 31 touches, 653 metres gained. I mean, what can you say? Uh, a rising star nomination, thoroughly deserved.
1: So he'll be commanding the big bucks, obviously. That's, uh, that's on the cards there. And uh, the other bloke... Sort of taking up a lot of the salary cap will be James Sicily shortly, I would imagine. <laughs> we had a question from one of our listeners, Steve. Uh, with Sicily becoming
0: a free agent soon, the question I have around it is should the check have five or six zeros in it? On Easter Monday, he had 26 touches at 88.5% disposal efficiency, which is pretty consistent. That's his standard nowadays. He barely dips below 80% if that, uh, a game-high 15 marks as well. He was supreme.
1: And against a very good opponent, who he made look stupid. Uh, Sicily is amazing. Uh, I was reading some stuff about how when he got injured, he took the time to just really flesh out his love for the game by exploring coaching and getting the most out of players and sort of pulling back from that angry demeanour, the white line fever that he had. He's become a more well-rounded player and personality, I think,
0: and, and suggestions I would have thought maybe around the captaincy a couple of years ago might have been premature, but the James Sicily that we see now, I think he has to be in the conversation.
1: He's definitely a different sort of a beast. Thank goodness Jed Lamb no longer plays. (laughs) And then Tommy Mitchell was back to his best. Eight scoring involvements, 75% DE, 21 contested possessions of his 33 for the day. It's just wonderful to see um, after his second quarter when he was basically pounded out of it and tagged out of it by Connor to respond in that second half and, and pull Hawthorne over the line. Well, he did. He did very much so. Eight score involvements. This is the Tommy Mitchell
0: I've been waiting for. Uh, you know, the the long-awaited return of this kind
1: of uh, midfielder machine. And a goal, of course, which I can't stress enough. That was very <laughs> important.
0: It's always nice to get a midfielder hitting the scoreboard, isn't it? Beautiful. We have a few questions on this match. Uh, the first from AK. Thoughts on who will turn out to be the best draft
1: find, Mitch Lewis or John Newcomb? Well, part of me hopes that it's... Lewis, because that means he's just kicking bag after bag. But (laughs) it's probably going to be Nuke because he just looks so naturally talented. Let's address the most obvious point. They're two
0: very different players for a start with two very different roles. I think Mitch Lewis, everyone had a good old laugh when he was taking a pick 76. Oh, so funny. You lost Sam Mitchell. You lost Jordan Lewis. Now you picked up a player called Mitch Lewis. (laughs) Oh, Hawthorne. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Everyone was laughing back
1: then They're not laughing now <laughs> oh, They thought well, that we well, were taking the piss really Didn't they? They thought what have they drafted This bloke for, this is a joke Etc and then You know we go and we take Newcomb out of Box Hill And now they want all the rules changed <laughs> <It's> Fabulous <laughs> I mean Hawthorne just once again revolutionising the competition I tell you what Didn't you love to see Brad Scott come out And say oh no that's exactly what we needed And uh, this is how it's going to be from now on And in fact it wasn't enough We want more of this Oh my goodness And then the other Scott brother He was in in complete agreement Which which shocked me I I mean the hypocrisy of it A guy that
0: famously, I mean there's so many archived clips of this guy losing his mind at umpiring
1: decisions Not just losing his mind, losing all composure not only in media conferences but you know he's. I think uh, they one of them got fined for having a crack at the umpires so look, let's just forget about them and talk about the composure of Uh, C-Mac. Before we move on, because I do want to get to Dino's question, but the last thing I'll say on the
0: umpires is that this is a conversation around respect. And as far as I'm concerned, respect is earned. It's not just given out. Me as a spectator, I'll start respecting the umpires a hell of a lot more when they don't take the bait of the likes of Tommy Hawkins flying through the air and getting fully horizontal, when they stop falling for that BS, maybe I'll start respecting what, what else they have to bring the game.
1: But even the MRO, with all the time they needed... Oh, no, no, mate. No,
0: he didn't exaggerate it enough.
1: Oh, goodness
0: gracious. Like, what more do you need? What more could Hawkins have done to convince you that was... In fact, no, they admitted it was staging, but it just wasn't staging hard enough. I just... I didn't really feel his
1: performance. And I, and I know they is a dearth of umpires or people wanting to be umpires, but I don't think that uh, penalising anybody from ever criticising them is in any way going to help them at all. It's only going to make it more and more pressurised. Drawing a hard
0: line to make it us versus them... And uh, It just creates an air of antagonism, and it's just not going to help. Anyway, we need to move on. Just wanted to say my piece on that one. This question from Dino. Can we spare a moment to talk about how composed Conor McDonald has been? His IQ stands out, and I love his delivery to Lewis and that beautiful chain for our first goal. Uh, that's a
1: great gif, that first <laughs> goal. And that, that's the that's the future right there. And his ability to spot a target, hit a target, we saw it in pre-season He's not going to lose that. He's got that. And this is game number five. I mean, he's only going to develop
0: and, and, and mature and build upon that skill set, refine it. I, I think we've seen in that five games, sometimes has the ability to sort of fade out of games for a bit. You'd, you'd expect that of a young gun, though. Uh, he's only going to get better, and all signs from Connor McDonald are extremely promising. And I think Dino, as he points out, it is the IQ that is the most impressive.
1: He looks like a natural out there. Just seems to find space and, and use it really well I like the the lack of indecision he has to his game it's good well that's playing on instinct isn't it which is remarkable for a young man because you can get too much in your head about it when you start and I think DGB was in his in his head too much in his first appearance for Hawthorne uh, and he's totally gone beyond that now he looks uh, a consummate professional and big game this weekend against his old mate Logan McDonald out of the you know they used to play against each other in the juniors. Western Australia, the best key forward, the best key back. It'll be interesting.
0: I can't wait to see an encore of that battle. From, from all accounts, it was an absolute beauty in the juniors. Uh, we had a question from the Big Easy here. What do we think about DGB's start to the season? Needs to stop taking on the tackler every time he gets his hands on the ball. Still, he's got a big future ahead. I've got to say... Uh, DGB uh, goes relatively unnoticed by me And that's with the highest compliments Exactly
1: For a backman,
0: That's exactly what you want
1: <laughs> You read my mind How many touches did Hardwick have on Monday? Mm, I don't know Excellent <laughs>
0: <laughs> It is perfect isn't it DGB he just gets it done He doesn't have to do any of the flashy stuff he, You know he Probably at this stage he has his one or two moments a match that cause an eyebrow to be raised. And I'm like, oh, that was quite nice, actually. But apart from that, he doesn't have to do anything that that amazing.
1: He just has to play his role. And I think he's done that. And I quite like the fact that he will um, force his opponent to tackle. Uh, he won't back off and, and keep the pressure on himself, but he will force the issue by trying to run through that player. I know he's tried it a couple of times and hasn't come off very well. But um, I like that instinct. I don't think we should try to change that.
0: So, in talking about DGB and potential matchups against Sydney, I guess we've already moved on to the preview. It's Hawthorne hosting Sydney down in Tassie for uh, an Anzac Day clash at twelve thirty PM. Now we've got the squad announced at this stage. Waiting for the for the lineups to be finalised. Uh, out, of course, Reeves with uh, what was it, an AC joint in the end horrific injury when it happened. Just the way he. When he landed on the turf and immediately went onto his back, writhing in pain, I just
1: thought, "Oh, that was so." The the excruciating feeling of it was so palpable. Yeah, I, it's not anything anyone likes to see, and uh, and then to lose two big men in the same game, you know, makes it awfully difficult to pull up the next week. So, at the moment, they've brought in Wingard Callow, who excites me. I think that's very exciting to actually see him. In Hawthorne colours. Uh, Max Lynch has been recalled. Don't know whether he'll get a game. I would prefer to have seen him come through Box Hill just to get some match fitness. Before unleashing him against Melbourne where he successfully quelled uh, Max Gorn last year. Played very well in his, in his efforts for Collingwood. Which is one of the reasons why we bought to the club. So after that you've got Day who obviously comes straight back in I imagine. And then Ned Long. So one net in, one net out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what it's all about, Tiz.
1: <laughs> From the interchange. Wait wait for this, though. Ned Long and Jackson Kell. Cal- same height. Are they really? Amazing. And, and they're
0: two big-bodied boys. I dare say Callow's got a bit more bulk on him, but I would not have picked it. they're the same
1: height. He does have a bit more bulk on him, but uh, yeah, 194, 91 kilos for long. And Jackson Kello, 194 and 95 kilos. So that four kilo difference there, Nick, that's the difference between being a midfielder and not. <laughs>
0: Fascinating stuff. Uh, we better get to the interchange and look at who we're going to select the lineup from. Uh, Morrison, Scrimshaw, O'Meara, uh, the aforementioned Callow, Phillips, McDonald, Long, and Warple. Now, the thing that I take note of there is the fact that
1: Lynch is in the side. Yes, yeah, so th- does that matter at all? He's listed at full forward, but uh, this is totally fluid at the moment as a squad, isn't it? Doesn't matter if you're in the lineup or not. Well,
0: the way I always read this, these squad announcements is the bench is picked from the interchanges listed now. So four guys stay in and four go out. Is that the way it works? And one guy's the injury sub. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, Lynch is playing. That's my understanding. I'd be happy to be corrected on that, but um, at Hook Talk Pod, if you want to steer me right on this one, but I always thought that you've got the interchange from these players. And you select your bench from that.
1: So who's coming out? Morrison, Scrimshaw, Amira, Kello Phillips, McDonald, Long, Warple. Usually, if you're going to debut a kid, they would be named in the lineup. So you'd have to say Long is. This is this will be the second time listed as the on the extended interchange. So probably not debuting this week. I imagine that Phillips is going to be the sub. Can I just interject with that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I would imagine that that is correct. And then O'Meara curiously named. Is that a message from Sammy? Well, you've got three midfielders there on the bench. You've got O'Meara, Long and Warple. Yeah, well, I mean, Warple was injury sub last week, so I think that is a message to O'Meara, especially as you'll see Shields is named on the wing. So but I think we're beginning to read a bit too much into this. If we look at at how Sydney play... Uh, We need to be quick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that is absolutely
0: the priority here. Uh, They'll attempt to play, well, they'll attempt to play our game back at us.
1: Well, yeah, we're sort of playing a a very Sydney style that they used last year. No, 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 it's ours. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. Uh, It was, uh, but it should be a wonderfully entertaining game, of course. Buddy's meant to be back. Nothing to fear from Lance Franklin. What's he ever done at Tassie? (laughs) <laughs> Did I just send a shiver up people's spines? I'm sorry. Surely he's got enough goals now. A thousand. That's that's it. Done.
0: <laughs> he just coast to the end of his career, the end of his contract. Why not?
1: Uh, so Brito is concerned with the ruck stocks, and uh, it seems Noodles' injury wasn't as bad as it could have been. But how long is he out? Do we know how long he's out, Nick? Nope, not yet. That's to be confirmed. And same as Mitch Lewis, the other out. And uh, can Max get some mystic cleanse to end his 2020? Two, voodoo hoodoo, which uh, which was a little bit hard to get through. No, you nailed it. I, was, I quite liked that. And thanks, <laughs> Burrito,
0: for phrasing it that way. <laughs> so we need to recap very quickly Max Lynch's horrendous run of luck. Round one, he gets concussed, so he misses round two. Then, then he ends up getting COVID, and then he's... Finally, over that, he's right to go. He's he's right to be selected, and then he cops a bee sting, and <laughs> has an anaphylactic shock, which you know clearly he seized the opportunity
1: to to take shots for the gram, and um, it looked horrific. He did not look well, and he, and he just this. Overall, I'm pissed off about this now kind of feeling. And I I, I hope he brings that into the match. I really do. <laughs> that kind of aggression could be excellent.
0: I mean, surely things are going to turn around for Max Lynch. That's an awful run to go through. And I can only hope that, uh, yeah, his fortunes have changed. Uh, we had a question from Lockie here. Any idea why Chad hasn't had a run through the mid this year? Feels like his pace and explosiveness... Wait,
1: wait. That's where he's named. He's named in the midfield.
0: Well, he points out, Lockie, that Moore and Bruce up forward, they're, they're safe as houses. You know, you can take that to the bank. So why would we need Wingard there? You should play him as a midfield. And I'm inclined to agree. Wingard is, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, with Moore playing the way that he is, appears to be excess
1: to requirements at this moment. Whoa! At this moment. Look, we've got a player. We've got two players that can kick four goals and a half. I'm not complaining. Keep them near goal. Well, exactly
0: right. And with Wingard turning in the kind of efforts that he was, it's clearly not acceptable anyway. So, I don't know. I I would play him as a mid. Yep, I like it. Force him to be productive. Force him to be industrious and find the footy, for God's sake. Uh, we had a question from Numo here. How many weeks does Bramble play at Box Hill before he's picked in the seniors? Where does he fit into the team? Great to have Lockie Bramble back from injury and available for selection.
1: Where does he fit, though?
0: You know, wing for me is still a position that is at least one spot, I think, up for grabs on the wing. That's that's what I reckon anyway. I'm not sure. And we've seen this with like Phillips being played as a midi-sub. Uh, Phillips is perfectly adequate I don't think he's amazing enough to retain his spot right now
1: Yeah, I, I think our wing play can can drastically improve actually So there's a lot of upside on the wing If Bramble can get there I, I, I would imagine he he, he takes a couple of weeks at Box Hill At least they got a game this week After the buy from last week Which was threatening to rob Warple of any game time So it was good to, good to see him get some game time on the On the Monday, but Box Hill will go to uh, Piranha Park, take on Coburg in the Anzac Day Cup clash from one o'clock on Sunday. That's right.
0: So good to have the VFL back. I sorely missed both the VFL and VFLW last weekend. I, I just, you know. That's become a bit of a routine of mine now is to watch all three games I'm very much plugged into the brown and gold when it comes to the weekend. Uh, The VFLW will also be returning this weekend at Williamstown at Downer Oval, Saturday, 2 p.m. So great to have them back in action. We had a question from Steve. You've discussed before... But AFLW signings aren't exactly flowing, and now Bates has recommitted to the Lions, so what's the expectation of the AFLW side in Season 1?
1: Are are you you telling me that Caro was wrong when she said Bates was coming to Hawthorne after Sammy Mitchell gave her a call? (laughs) You're saying there's something in that? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, but I wish... I wish, you know, I don't know what the whole what they're sitting on their hands for. What are they doing? Well, they've had time enough
0: to make a KFC commercial to to tell <laughs> us that something's happening, so I'll take them at their word, I suppose. As soon as I hit play on that mate, I I thought to myself when when the players are kicking around the footy, I was like, "Oh yeah, I think I know who's going to be in this ad of our 3 AFLW signings. Yep, come on, let's see it." And at the end, the whole thing was yeah, don't worry. There's, there's more. There's, we've, we've got players. Don't worry
1: about that. I was like, oh, okay, well played. You got me. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of how Essendon are doing their socials this week with, uh, what was it again? Um, intent. Intent. High. And uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the tweet they
1: sent out of of intent had two photos of players standing around and another one of them hugging. I thought it was an interesting. An interesting approach to really geeing up the the team and the side and the, getting the supporters back together for the Anzac day clash intent intentional high contact to the face whatever you know, it's all <laughs> wonderful stuff I reckon we'll have the better game to be honest I on the on the Monday ours will be far more watchable. Absolutely.
0: Massive ramifications for the top eight as well. Uh, that's a really good weekend we have we have in store. We've got the VFLW on the Saturday at 2pm. You've got uh, Box Hill, one o five pm Sunday.
1: And you'll be able to know who's held over for, for the following day.
0: Yep, that's right, on the Monday at 12.30pm. So very good Anzac Day weekend lined up as far as the brown and gold is concerned. Now a couple of miscellaneous questions just to see out this short and sweet podcast. This one from Mark. Now that we've achieved our best win of the season... Mark says I can't see us beating that one. Uh, Will you be happy with a mix of big, small losses and a better draft hand, say 12th to 14th on the ladder, overachieving and hitting ladder limbo, 11th to 9th, or reaching for the stars and aiming for finals? Well, Nick, you usually love a good draft pick. (laughs) Do I? Is that true? (laughs) I love a pick 76.
1: How about that? Just give us an academy and we never have to worry about it again. We'll just finish as high as we like, like Sydney do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff would never creep into our heads. But uh, I can see some, some really good results uh, coming through, especially at the back end of the year. Uh, we've got Richmond and the Bulldogs and... It's quite a good run into finals. If we if we want to make it, if we're determined to play finals, this team can.
0: Look, at a certain point in time, if, if this continues, if we manage to put together a good run of form, then my expectations might become outcome-focused after all. But at this stage, I don't know. I don't know how far we go with this team, uh, this year in particular. Um, I just know that I'm thoroughly entertained.
1: I'm I'm really enjoying Hawthorne at the moment. Um all three teams in fact. And there will be a lull. They're a they're a young team. Uh so but to see the response from what was a shellacking by St Kilda and come out and really I was gonna say put a cat amongst the pigeons, but uh that's not really what we did. We really put down the Cats, and it's going to make them a lot, a lot
0: harder to uh, get into finals. Yeah, pretty bloody good win, that one. This last question from Lynn. Are we starting to believe in Sam, or are we still smarting over Clarko's departure?
1: Well, I mean, Clarko popped up his head to sort of say, uh, thank goodness Gil's gone, we can get a team in Tassie now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was just masterful of the man. What a, what a thing to come out and do, ringing in from uh, Green Bay, the... To get that done. Um, No, he's really put that on the agenda, the the Tasmanian team. And this is Sammy's side now. If you can... It looks like a good decision, to be honest. They're playing with Panache and entertaining football. And there's a lot of clubs meeting us and we're doing unexpected things. And I thought Sammy coached tremendously well against one of the... Let's face it, Chris Scott is very well respected as a coach. And uh, I thought he pulled exactly the right reins at three-quarter time. For Geelong not to kick a goal in that final quarter, just stupendous result. There's just something about
0: Hawthorne at the moment. We're looking like a revitalised club. And, uh, you know, I always was excited to see Sam Mitchell step into the role. Obviously, I didn't want it to happen in the manner that it did. Um, I believed in Sam, but then I would. I think anyone who watched Box Hill at all last year might have had, a, a, you know, a glimmer of confidence, like just a, you know, a bit of a hope that it could work out.
1: Never forget, Clarko brought him back because he thought he could be this good.
0: That's right, yeah, yeah. Th- that, that is actually true. So, <laughs> you know, Clarko, if you're going to hail him as a genius, well, he knew. He knew what he had in Sam. He spotted it. So there you go. Look, I think it's working out so far. There's still so much footy to play out in this season. But, uh, yeah, as I said, so far, really enjoying Hawthorne. So, um yeah, I believe in Sam. Why wouldn't you at this stage? we better wrap things up. Uh, my, my battery's dying. I've got to head off to the comedy festival, though I fear nothing will be quite as funny as Essendon. I will give it a good college try to have a laugh at something else. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Not only does it make our day, of course, puts the word out about our show and gets other hawkers on board. You can find us on Twitter as well, at Hawk Talk Pod. our live Twitter space, mate. Now, that was good fun. We recorded that. We put it out. Oh, the community was buzzing after such a wonderful win. Uh, if you're not following us on Twitter yet, join us. It's always great fun. You can be part of our Facebook family too, facebook.com slash and we're on Instagram, so look us up. Uh, lastly, as always, we'd like to extend a big thank you to the proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers that support our show. Things have been busy for the both of us, Tiz. I know it, you know it. Uh, we We do have plenty of ideas locked and loaded for bonus episodes, though, so... Get on board for that. For anyone who would like to join up, all the details
1: are at patreon.com slash hawk talk pod. So how are we going to get this done, Nick? We could have Long and Callow in the same team and just young guns all over the pitch. Can Callow take the winning mark and just... Because he's got these almighty clunkers. It's just incredible. If we can get going, get a bit of confidence...
0: He's a Tassie boy, don't forget. He is indeed. That's why I want him to be handed a debut. I think I just like the poetry of it. I like the romance of him playing in his home state. Uh, you're forgetting one particular Hawker, though, mate, and I'm surprised that you've forgotten entirely, a bout of amnesia. Uh, the last time we were in Tassie, there was a certain other tall forward that kicked a big bag. Why? Because he could. Because he could, but
1: he's named in the ruck. <laughs> and. <laughs>
0: It is it is a curious situation in Hawthorne at the moment,
1: isn't it? At least that'll release Connor Nash. You've got to be thrilled with that. Speaking of my boy Connor Nash, I turned the corner down. I was walking around Hawthorne today and turned the corner nearly got flattened.
0: (laughs) Is there any more to this story? Is there something else I should know? No, no,
1: I got out of the way fairly quickly and then I realised who it was. I was like, oh, jeez. Not a very good story. (laughs) That'll be it for this short
0: (laughs) and sweet edition of the hook. What did I just hear? What was that? We'll be back next week. (laughs) Enjoy your Anzac Day weekend. It's going to be a great contest. Uh, VFLW, you've got Box Hill as well. You've got the men's senior side on the Monday too. We're in for a wonderful weekend. Very entertaining indeed. We'll be back next week to recap the lot here on the Hookbook Podcast. We are a happy team in Hawthorne.